Hi, Calling family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. Summer in the Psalms. Uh, The title of my message today is, well, I'll give it to you after I read which Psalm we're going to be in. We're going to be in Psalm 1. Say Psalm 1. Psalm 1 is a very powerful scripture. It is a very famous scripture. And it is the opening to the book of Psalms. Let's read it together. It says this, blessed, say blessed. It opens up right here with blessed. I'm going to be teaching on this one word as I continue the sermon. Blessed. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take. Say, "Uh uh-oh. No one said, oh, okay, it's fine. Sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight, say delight, say that one, delight, sunny delight. How many remember that? That just came to me right now. Sunny delight, only the hood people know that one. All right, but whose delight is in the law, how many remember Tang? Okay, anyway, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates, say meditates, meditates on his law day and night. That person, say that person. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I love that. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Let's pray in God's presence. Actually, would you stand with me as we pray in God's presence and we honor God and change our, uh, forgetting my word here, change our posture. Lord, in the, and if you're at home, stand up. It's okay to honor God and stand up at your couch. It's totally fine, all right? Father, we come before you in your mighty presence. God, your word, may it nourish our soul. I love what one of the Psalms says, I believe that deep calls unto deep. That it's true that the deepest parts of you, Lord, can connect with the deepest parts of me. Lord, we pray that, that our, our heart would be fresh soil for the seed of your word. We pray to be nourished. We pray to be encouraged. We pray to be revitalized, refreshed. Father, we bless you. And there's no greater place than we'd rather be right now in this moment, God, than with you and then with each other. God, in our faith, we're putting one step in front of the other. Simply for one person, making it here today was one step in their, pro- in their journey of faith. And I commend them. For another person watching online, simply grabbing the remote and ter- pressing the, the power button, that is a step in the journey of their faith. And I commend them. And Father, I pray today that you would bless hearts. And I pray, Father, that you would mend hearts. People are hurting and people are broken. People who are reaching out to you, God, would you fill them anew? And would you let them know that you are the God that hears, that knows, that cares. And simply, God, you are the God of our, the details. You, know, you are finally in tune with every detail of our life. We are the apple of your eye. And God, simply, you are our fortress and our protection. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a bigger clap and shout than that. Amen, amen. We love you, Jesus. Awesome. So great to be with you today. It's been a great week for me. Uh, I am, my wife and I, we are six weeks into 
to our, our adjustment of having two kids. Caleb is an, an amazing boy. I, am, I can get teary and emotional. He is growing and he's doing so well. And I just want to commend my wife. She right now is in the nursing room. We have a nursing room, by the way. I want to commend my wife. She is such a great mom and she is doing such a great job raising our two kids and pastoring this church at the same time. What I'm doing is I'm getting points. That's exactly what I'm doing right now, all right? If, I'll teach you some of that later if you new husbands, all right? Um, uh, and I, uh, she is doing a great job. No, but honestly, I'll set aside, she is doing a, such a fantastic to- uh, job as a, uh, as a mother of two. I, we used to want three kids. I used to say, I, I said used to. All right, never mind. All right, I shared a little bit about me. My week has been great, and uh, God is so good. Amen. I'm so blessed to be with you guys here today. Summer in the Psalms. Summer in the Psalms. The, the title of my message today is Two Roads. Say Two Roads. Two Roads. And uh, the, uh, it, the title of the message is Two Roads, the Highway to Happiness or the Highway to Misery. Let me say it again. The Highway to Happiness. Say Happiness or blessedness, or the highway to misery. The question about this, the question for you on this message is, which road are you on, all right? I want to let you know that really in life, there are only two roads. Say two roads. Let me say it again. In life online, there are really only two roads, all right? There are only two avenues, two streets, two pathways, two highways, the, the two roads are, there's not five roads, there's not three roads, there's only two. The one, first road is God's pathway, God's highway, God's path, all right? Or the second one is your own, and I have a question for you today, which, which road are you going to go down? Now, if you're human like me, you've made mistakes, you've actually done your thing, you've been in the driver's seat, you've been hanging on the steering wheel, you've gone your own way, but how many of you know that, uh, that your way only gets you so far in life, and God's way is truly the correct way, and more importantly, it is the happy way, and more importantly, it is the blessed way. Somebody say amen. The highway to happiness, or the road, or the highway to misery, all right? This is an amazing passage of scripture, but let, first let me share a story with you. I remember when I had some interest in my girlfriend, at the, or not even girlfriend, and this woman, uh, this young girl, Corrine Catherine Giagrande. She was uh, 21, no, she was 20 years old, and I was 21 years old, and uh, you know, Christian dating looks like dating in groups for a minute, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know you're interested in each other, but to know that you're, just to get some comfort for me and know that you're not crazy, we're going to go on a date with people, do you know what I'm saying? So we did one of those things, and mainly she was making sure I wasn't crazy, how many know, okay? uh, We went on a a group date, so to speak, uh, with some friends, and of all places, we went to Venice Beach. How many have been to Venice Beach? It was very interesting, a lot of people need Jesus over there, all right? It was a great time. She was driving in her 1994 emerald green Honda Accord. Praise the Lord for that. That, that, that car that got her around everywhere for years. I, and it's so funny. We knew it was meant to be because watch this. Unbeknownst to each other, I also had a Honda, 1994 Honda Accord. Same exact car, same exact year. It was a sign. You know what I'm saying? Hers was emerald green. Mine was tan. All right. We were meant to be together. All right. I think her AC worked and my AC didn't. And my AC looked like, you remember, <laughs> how many guys, it, it sounds like so old, but you, you remember to, to roll your window down, you just do this? <laughs> how many of you have a car with a cassette player? I want to meet you. All right, that's awesome. You're special. Very, very cool. The highway to happiness, 
or the road, the highway to misery. So I remember we're on this, uh, on this, on our way to Venice, and I remember we got off some off ramp, and there's a group of guys and girls and Koreans driving, and I was in the back seat, um, and and she was driving. All of a sudden, I see cars coming directly toward us. Uh, something didn't seem right. Something didn't feel right because a car just you're seeing. You can see the driver right through your your window. That, that something was off. All right. And what had happened was. Corrine was distracted by my strikingly handsome, amazing good looks that she went on to a one-way road, all right? Cars are honking beep, and she's flustered, so she pulled over to the side, all right? We were on the wrong road. How many know that life sometimes is like that? Life can be like that. It is, sometimes we wonder why the issues we face in our life or the things that we are faced with in our life Maybe because it perhaps can be a sign of being on the wrong road. Or I would like to say this as well. Being on the highway to happiness or the highway to blessedness doesn't always mean that it's rainbows and butterflies. All right, Because sometimes God does lead us in paths of wildernesses and valleys. Even the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tested by the devil. Come on, y'all. All right? Wow. All right? Sometimes we are led into valleys, but God, Jesus, was literally led to, to fight the devil, so to speak, and he won that bout by, his, by, by, by quoting God's word to the devil. All right? Two roads, the highway to happiness or the highway to misery. Psalm 1 is a beautiful passage. It is an intro scripture. It is a, a somewhat of a thesis. It's only about six verses long. And think about this. If, if the opening of the book is a very, very important. Look what Psalms is telling us. It's telling us the summation of two pathways. And we get the pathway to happiness. And there's so many contrasts in this passage of scripture. There's righteousness versus unrighteousness. There's wicked versus the righteous. All right. There's dark and light. There's this road or that road road and basically what psalms 1 is telling us which road are you going to take it is the summation of all the psalms that if you align yourself with god's way you will live a happy life and a blessed life and let me explain this a little bit because i know that in christian circles and in church when we think of the word happy we go no i'm joyful i'm not happy right if you've been in church for a minute you go i'm i'm, I'm not i'm joy joy is deeper than happiness but look what the, but the Hebrew actually in, in context, the Hebrew actually means, the word blessed actually means happy. Say happy. How many of you know that you can be happy in your life? God wants you to be happy. God don't want you to live with a frown all day long. Come on, somebody. In fact, if you have a frown all the time, no, ain't, no one ain't going to want to be around you, all right? But God wants you to be happy. And watch this. Happiness is possible for you in your life. Isn't that good news today? We serve a happy God. God is a good God. He wants you to be happy today. The highway to happiness. I want to break down the scripture and teach you a few ways to be on the happy road or be on, or here there, there's also some consequences to not choosing God's way and going your own way, and that way only leads to misery. In fact, I have a quote for you. Following God's road or pathway will never leave you in lasting disappointment. Just following your own path will. Let me say that again. Following God's road or pathway will never, say never, will never leave you in disappointment. By the way, I say leave you in disappointment because sometimes you may be disappointed 
and, fall, uh, uh, and maybe some, you have some expectations for God to come through for you in a way, and he didn't come through for you in that way. And it may leave you disappointed for a moment. But watch this. Going your own way will surely leave you in lasting disappointment. Come on, somebody. You out there today, if we can be honest. All right? So I want to break this down today. And why are the Psalms important? Why are the Psalms important? Here's the scripture, Luke 24, 14. Watch this. He said to them, Jesus, after the resurrection... This is what I told you why I was still with you. Remember the road to Emmaus. Jesus actually walking with some people after his resurrection. He's actually kind of testing them to see what they're talking about and seeing uh, uh, if they actually believe what he said when he, he was with them in person before the crucifixion. And look what he says. He says, this is what I told you why I was still with you. Everything, say everything. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses the prophets, and watch this, the Psalms. So Psalms is not just a, a, a worship praise book, and it's also prophetic in its nature, all right? So, so the Psalms are very critical. It's very, very, very important, all right? So I'm going to teach you three things that lead to uh, the highway of misery right now and not the highway of happiness, all right? The highway to happiness versus the highway of misery. This is number one. People, watch this. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked, or I would say it like this, uh, the first step or the first principle of this is a sure way to know you're going to be on the highway of misery and not happiness is this. People who live on misery's highway are constantly living for the moment. Say moment. Or they're living for the now and never with an eternal perspective. I want you to get this. People who are, uh, who are on misery's highway or the wicked, all right, are, are constantly living for the moment. They're living for right now and never with an eternal perspective. I want to talk to you, Christian, right now. I want to let you know that sometimes what you have to do in your life, in your Christian walk, what you have to do is although you're in this present moment, sometimes spiritually in your prayers or just in meditation, you have to take and view of where you're at, all right? But you have to kind of go... All, Kind of think with the end in mind. You have to walk a little bit over here and just get a, a greater sense of perspective for your life because this, watch this, you have a destiny in your life, Christian. Come on, somebody. And destiny is about destination. You are headed somewhere, and that somewhere is eternity with God, forever with the saints, for everyone who has believed in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. The wicked don't live life that way. What the wicked do, they live for the right now. I'm going to please myself. I'm going to be selfish. I'm not living with the end in mind. But the Bible says this, this way, that I have my own race. Say race. I have my own. Is anyone out there today? I have my own race. I have my own journey. And I'm going to be focused like a marathon runner on that journey. Come on, somebody. So if it doesn't, if, if it's going to mess up my path, then I'm not going to do that. Is anyone out there today? So people who live on misery's highway are constantly living for the moment. Another way to say it is this, the scripture says, who does not walk in step with the wicked. What this means is that they don't take any counsel uh, from people who are not on God's path. But I do want to say it like this too, because I, I, I don't know if this is kind of bad to say, but sometimes Christians don't have good advice either. Come on somebody, all right? If we could be honest with you, all right? If I could be honest with you. All right? 
But I have, to, I have to make, I have to have the right perspective about with eternity in mind, my salvation in mind. I'm trying to get to my destination. I love what Paul says in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy, I believe, 2 Timothy maybe. He says, I fought the good uh, fights. I've ran the race. Come on, somebody. Watch this. I've kept the faith. I can preach on that later. But he says, I've kept the faith. So much in life. There will be circumstances, there will be things, you'll watch cable news, TV. By the way, you are not cable news disciples, you are disciples of Jesus Christ. Come on, you know how to put the remote down for a second and stop watching Fox and stop watching CNN and get your head in the word of God. Come on, somebody. We are not cable TV network disciples. We are disciples of the living God. Amen. They're just the talking heads, by the way. All right. So we have to judge our life in view of eternity. Why? Watch. Just a thought for you, I might sound just a little bit too honest, but it just marvels, makes me marvel. As I think about my kids, and I think about science in a way, I think about Caleb. Caleb beat every other seed that I had. Come on, y'all. He beat all the other millions of seeds. I know it sounds weird. He beat all the other seeds. I'm just like, wow, that, that's amazing. That's am- God let you get here. That is amazing, all right? Therefore, there must be purpose in your life, Caleb. There must be a reason for you being here. Child of God, today, wherever you're at, what path you're on, whoever told you what they told you, you have reason, you have purpose in your life. You have an eternal destination. And watch this, because you do have an eternal destination, you have purpose and heavenly functionality in your life right now. You've been given traits, you've been given characteristics, you've been given spiritual gifts to be a blessing to people on earth. Come on, somebody. You have a citizenship that is far greater than a United States citizenship. Although I'm a proud American citizen, I have a citizenship that will never spoil, fade, or be erased in heaven by God my Father when I've accepted him and gone on his path. Come on, somebody, someone out there today. So I'm living in view of my eternal destination. I'm not just living for the moment. Number two, it says this, or stand in the way that sinners take. By the way, these are all verbs. Uh, Blessed is the one who does not walk or stand, or as we'll get into later, sits, or stand in the way that sinners take. Here's another sure understanding of how you know you're on misery's highway. Watch this. You're constantly living for pleasure rather than purpose. I love the scripture that we talked about last week, that there are eternal pleasures forever in God's right hand. All right. Uh, another word for pleasure is sin. Sin simply means, and I think that it's so important that the church understands this because we get scared when we talk about sin. We think, you know, uh, whoa, you know, it's just, it's just, I'm a bad person and all those types of things. But watch this sin is a reality. I think a lot of Christians want to believe in Jesus without the ideal or the notion of sin. But watch how ugly that is. If sin it does not exist, therefore there is no need or reason for the cross of Jesus Christ. But watch this. Jesus came. God gave us his only son, Jesus, to live among us and give us redemption through the cross to be, uh, forever for sin to be purged in his name through his blood. Somebody say amen. And the grace of God is so good because watch this. Now no longer do I live in the, the sin of uh, the realm of sin's domain, even though I am human, watch this, I have divorced that law, so to speak, and I am now under God's grace, led by his spirit, and now there is no condemnation for me because I believe in Jesus Christ. There is grace for me every single day because I believe and I am justified in Christ by faith alone. Come on, somebody, say amen. 
You, you don't have to be led into sin's domain, doing everything that your heart tells you to do. You don't have to live uh, uh, in a way that uh, being uh, in prison to every single thought that you have. Newsflash, everyone has funky thoughts, everybody has weird thoughts, but you don't have to surrender to every thought that you have in your life, in our culture and in our world. It says, if you think it, do it. If you feel that way, go ahead. But watch this, I have a filter in my mind, the word of God that kind of filters things uh, that, that I don't necessarily have to do. All right, the Bible says it like this, the wages of sin is death, and exactly what the Psalms is saying, destruction. All right, so if we, and, and like I said last week, I'll share it again, oftentimes what sin means is it means missing the mark. Say missing the mark. It means missing the mark. God has had a standard for humanity, in the beginning, God created uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. Man, they didn't have to go buy food every day. They didn't have to work for the money to buy the food. The food was just right there. Come on, it was perfection. But one day, they sinned, all right? And they fell short of the mark or the standard of God. Now, let me tell you, before anyone stands up and makes sure, oh, I'm holy, I am, I am holier than, what, everybody has missed the mark. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I love my daughter so much, and I'm just talking, because I study theology and, you know, original sin type of thing, and even though it's more of a Catholic doctrine, my daughter is now, I'm, now she's kind of saying things, I'm like, one, for example, one time, you know, we put her to a nap every single day, and every single day for two years, she's cried about that nap, I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, all right, like, you have to do it, hope it's never going to change, all right, you have to do it. So now when we put her down to sleep, she'll just be for one and a half hours playing in her crib, talking out loud, singing. And I go and I check in her. I'm like, honey, uh, sometimes it'll get quiet. And I'm like, honey, did you take a nap? She puts her arms behind her back. She, she widens her eyes. Can see the whites in her eyes. Daddy, I took a nap. And I'm like, Hope, did you take a nap? And she puts her hand, she does her little thing like this with her foot. I took a nap, daddy. I'm like, Girl, you're sinning right now. <laughs> Watch this. Everybody has missed the mark. Don't let the devil bother you because you have messed up in your life. You don't have to, you don't have to live your life stuck in a situation or proclivity of sin. God will clean up your heart, clean up your life. If you just turn around, you can always make a U-turn. Instead of going your way, you can always go God's way. And watch this, he'll, he'll turn your life around, he'll clean you up, uh, he'll put you on the path that you were made for. Everyone has fallen short, but watch this, God's goodness, God's graciousness, his grace covers all my unrighteousness, all right? Uh, 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 there's a scripture, I'm forgetting it right now, but it talks about that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Isn't that good news today? Come on, somebody, and watch, I'm preaching the gospel now, and watch this, the only way to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Watch this. Jesus isn't merely a sign pointing to the way. Jesus is actually the pathway 
to God. Watch this. While you're trying to figure out who God is, God is saying, I sent my only son. In him is exactly what I'm like. I love what Colossians says. It talks about Jesus being the exact representation and radiation of of who God is. If you want to know who God is or what God is like, just look at Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody. Just pay attention to what Jesus did. He was a forgiver. He loved. He was gracious. Uh, He was kind. He was peace-loving. That's who God is. So I want to declare to you today, don't let the devil bully you for your shortcomings in your life. Come to, come to the graces of God and his good graces. He will restore you. And watch this. We all fallen short of the gospel. But here's the world that we live in today. And maybe the Holy Spirit's telling me to say this because it's not in my notes. The world that we live in today says you define good for what you think good is. But that means that we're making God in our own image and we're making God, uh, uh, we're defining good by our own terms. Come on, somebody. If we decide what good is on our own terms, then we're all good. But the Bible says that no one is good in Romans chapter 3. Only God is good. Come on, somebody, all right? But I walk old ladies across the street, but I, but I buy groceries for people who are poor. But watch this. Uh, we can only get good when we get God because he surely is the definition of good. Come on, somebody. So the Bible says this, don't stand in the way of sinners take. What this means, stand, it means position. Don't position yourself in a life of sin because it will mean utter destruction, utter pain. And watch this, not only will you hurt yourself, but you will, all, you will hurt the, everyone around you, all right? That is the reality. Sometimes sin, if we... It can be like a small little chihuahua pet. I don't like chihuahuas, but it could be like a little pet, all right? It could be like a little pet, and it's cute, and it's nice, and I play with it sometimes. But when that pet grows up, come on, somebody, now you have a problem, and it can destroy your life. It can make you get fired. It can ruin your marriage. It can ruin your relationships, your relationship with people who are important in your life, your kids, your neighbors, and so forth. It can destroy and degrade your mind. But thank God for his goodness and his graciousness who restores us back and his good graces. Come on, in salvation and restoration. He surely is a redeemer. Somebody say amen. Or stand in the way that sinners take. Watch this. Or sits in the company of mockers. This is the third one. How you know you're on misery's highway. You know you're surely miserable in your life. If you are mocking God. If you are defaming God, so to speak. Or if you are jeering at God. If you are making fun of God. If you're kind of mocking him. In fact, the scriptures say God mocks the mockers. Because watch this. He, he gives grace to the humble. You're surely, in fact, I, I often meet atheists who I really don't think they're atheists. I think more people, honestly, are agnostic these days than atheists. What agnosticism means is that, means that I don't know if there's a God. And to me, that's a more honest answer than atheists because I really find that no one can truly define what an atheist is and really argue and debate about morality and how you got here. And most oftentimes when I meet atheists, they're just honestly really angry at God and they mock God because watch this, God did not show up for them when they had hoped, but that's life sometimes. God has a plan and purpose for us. How many know that atheists don't believe in God, but they sure do miss him? Come on, somebody. They sure do. I re- actually, I sh- I'll share a moment with you. I think I've shared in the church before. I thought that I was an atheist at the age of 15 years old. I thought I was an atheist because God had not showed up for me in my life. 
and I was dealing and dwelling with pain and darkness and issues, honestly, because of my parents and because of the hand that I had been dealt in my life. I had believed that because I was uh, in a situation that you must not be real because how can this suffering come about in my life when I did not do anything to deserve this? My dad in prison, my dad doing things, my dad not being, how can you be up there and be watching me going through this pain? But I realized that through a counselor, Michael, you are, you are, you say you don't believe in God, but what you're really going through is pain and suffering in your life. And let's be honest. Let's be real about that. Watch this. Give your heart and your life to Jesus and see that he will show you in your life that there is a purpose. It's honestly why I'm standing here today to tell people in this city, in this area, in the San Gabriel Valley, that there is a God in heaven and that even in our darkest moments, he will not give up on us. And if we just choose the right direction, he will show us that he's uh, with us in our life. Come on, somebody say amen. That's the best path I've ever chosen. It's the best thing I've ever done in my life when I've gotten to my knees and say, God, you are the one. I don't understand everything about everything, but I just know that even in my deepest, darkest suffering and pain, I know that I'm going the wrong way, and today I choose your way. It's never too late to make a U-turn. Somebody say amen. So three, three reasons to know you're on the, the highway that leads to misery is this, again, number one, uh, you're living for the moment instead of an eternal perspective. Number two, you're constantly living for pleasure rather than purpose. I really want you to understand that you have a purpose. No one is going to accomplish what God asked you to accomplish. Come on, somebody. He gave you the mindset. He gave you the characteristics. He gave you the story that you have to accomplish your race and your lane. Somebody say amen. Number three, people who are on the road to misery's highway all right, ultimately are proud people who only trust in themselves and who scorn and jeer at the notion of God. But watch this. I love that in verse uh, 2. It says this, say but. Now to go, say but. <laughs> say but. It says but those are whose, de- but, uh, excuse me, but whose delight. Now it's carrying over. Now it's contrasting and talking about the righteous. All right. But whose delight, say delight. I love this, but watch this. Now it's talking about righteousness and people who are on the right road, the road to happiness. It says, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord? I want to let you know that God's word doesn't have to be a duty. Let me say that again. God's word does not have to be a duty in your life. God's word can be a delight, sunny delight. It can be a delight in your life. Watch this. I heard once a story of a woman who said, who received a letter. Uh, she re- received a letter from a guy, but she kind of looked at the letter and she said, I don't got time for this. I don't have any time for this. I- I'm busy. I got to work. And he just said, Kept re- just read it. Just read it. What's in it is so beautiful. It'll touch your life. She goes, I don't got time for this. And finally she got around to reading the letter. And uh, she was absolutely amazed about the letter that she read. Every single word was touching her heart. Every single word pertained to her life. It was like this letter was just exactly for her in, in this season of her life. She kept reading the letter, and it, it just matched whatever she needed in every season of her life. She loved the letter so much, she married the author. I want to let you know, maybe God's word to you is not a delight, because maybe you honestly don't know the author. And I want to let you know that when you know the author of the Bible, you will fall in love with the word of God. I promise you that it will bless you. Come on, somebody, say amen. The word, he says this, God's word, God's word is for believers a delight because we know ultimately that God, watch this, keeps his word. Somebody say amen. God's word is like our compass. 
It directs our steps. It is a light unto our feet and a a lamp unto our path. If any of you are needing to make a decision today, why not go to God's word and let him give you peace of mind about what to do in the circumstance that you need to, uh, the decision that you need to make. It goes on to say this, they meditate on his word or law. Say meditate. They meditate. Meditation is not just reserved for Eastern cultures. I think we often think that only people in the East meditate. I only do it during yoga or something like that. Or meditation is some new age thinking kind of deal. That's not true. Meditation is also reserved for Christians. Do you know that? Meditation simply means to give serious thought to something, to ponder, to think deeply or carefully, or to dwell on something. Meditation can even mean to mutter, all right, or to recite. Meditation simply means that we are using our mind, say mind, and exercising our thoughts. I think some of us would be so happy to meditate on God's word. And what this means is that what's constantly on your mind day and night is the scriptures. You're constantly rehearsing the scriptures in your mind. How many of you know the greatest words that you will ever fight in your life are right between the ears? The greatest, your life will go in the direction of your thoughts. Some of the greatest fights that we'll have, what do I mean by this? Someone will plant a seed in your mind and say, you're not good enough. The doctor will give you a report and say, this doesn't look good. This is not gonna, there's no cure, there's no answer to your problem. You go to school and, and the teacher just puts you down. You go to work, you have these seeds implanted in your mind by a greater principality, an enemy, a devil, an adversary, and now you're going home and you just can't get over that thought. You wake up, you can't get over that thought. You can't even go to bed at night because some of the, th- oh, I'm preaching now, because some of the thoughts that you have, they're not allowing you to go to bed. But watch this, it says, uh, uh, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law, watch this, day and night. So I'm not just thinking about what they said, I'm thinking about what my God said and I'm, I'm also filtering what they said through God's word. Come on, somebody, I am wonderfully and fearfully made. I am the head and I am not the tail. I am a somebody and I I'm not a nobody. I am a child of God and not a child of darkness. Come on, someone, you out there today. I meditate on the, on, on the law of the Lord. Lord, I, I don't know which path to take. I don't know which career to take. I don't know which woman to date. I don't know which man to marry, all right? But watch this. If you meditate on God's word, it'll be a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path. Come on, somebody. God will guide you. Meditate on the word of God. It'll bless your life. Right now, I want to speak to a few people. You are honestly struggling in your thoughts. Your thoughts are leading you to a dark, downward spiral. The devil is messing with you. But watch this. There's no condemnation. This is another scripture that you could just meditate on. There's no condemnation for me, devil, because God's blood, is the blood of Jesus is so good and so righteous. It cleanses me of all. It satisfies all my sin, devil. Take that. Come on, somebody. You out there today. I am who God says I am, not what the world says I am, not what my employer says I am. I may may make mistakes in my life, but I know who I am because I meditate on God's law day and night. Come on, somebody. Your homework assignment today is before you go to bed, rehearse and meditate and dwell on what God says, not even on what you say or what maybe your wife says sometimes or your husband says or what the neighbor says. Dwell and meditate on what God says. Someone out there today. Dwell, say dwell on it. Ooh, come on, somebody. Say dwell on it. I'm going to dwell on what God said. That's ultimately what faith means. It means trust. Say trust. 
I'm going to trust God at his word. I'm going to trust Jesus at his word. And watch this. I'm not just going to meditate only on the the literature and word of God. I'm going to meditate on Jesus Christ because he is the word made flesh. And I have a relationship with him. And when I feel down in the dumps, I know the character of Christ because of his word. Come on, somebody. You out there today. There are lies and threats and ugly thoughts that swing by the porch of your mind. We are often, we are often uh, uh, mean to our, ourselves. Just the other day, I felt like I was being mean to myself. I felt like I was telling myself stuff because of a hurt or just a disappointment. And God, through prayer, had to say, knock it off. That's not even me. That's just you and your hurts. This is what I think about you, Michael. I love you. And no one's going to steal, steal my love for you, all right? I want you to be kind to yourself. Come on, somebody. Say, say it with me. I want you, to, I want myself to be kind to myself. Do you know that Jesus is kind online? Jesus is kind. Remember the woman who was caught in the very act of sin, in adultery, and the religious people dragged her out and said, look, Jesus, she's, look at, she deserves death. Remember Jesus, he's right on the ground. You, have, who you who have not sinned, you cast the first stone. Wow. Wow. That's Jesus. He's so kind. Even in your worst moment, Jesus is your best friend. Even in your darkest thoughts, Jesus will come alongside you and give you, the Holy Spirit through Jesus will give you a good thought. He is a kind God. Somebody say amen. And I want you today to decipher what voices are in your head? Either the voices of, of, of darkness. You know, here's a, here's a good deciphering method. What you're thinking, is it tearing me up or is it building me up? Let me say that again. This thought that I'm having, these words that someone told me, is it tearing me up? Say tearing me up. Or is it building me up? Let me tell you, I guarantee you that Jesus, what he does, he does not tear you up. There's only one person that does that. And I I can even go further than that. My husband puts me down all the time. He yells at me. It's not just your husband, friend. There are principalities and uh, and forces and unseen places. It is deep. There there is an enemy, an adversary. Don't get mad at your husband. Sometimes get mad at the devil. But he does surely have a responsibility. Amen? So does it build me up or does it tear me up? And I promise you that what God does is he builds us up. I'm going to try to make a close. I haven't even finished all of the scripture, but it says this. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law. You ought to meditate on the word like the, like the cow chews the cud. You ever seen that before? It just chews, it just chews, and it just chews. That person, say that person. That person is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do succeeds. Whatever they do prospers. What this means, word in Hebrew, prosper, it means thrives. So no matter the season, no matter what you're you're going through in your life, there is an opportunity for you to always thrive in your life because you're connected to a source. Come on, somebody. A source that is from heaven that will strengthen you, re-energize you, revitalize you. No matter what the economy looks like, no matter what your workplace looks like, no matter the last two years of COVID-19, 
I can still thrive in every season. It reminds me of Joseph in the scriptures in Genesis who went to prison, who was thrown into a pit, who, who, who just constantly went through bad circumstance, through bad circumstance, but everything this man touched succeeded. Why? Because he was connected to a source. Come on, somebody. Are you connected to that source today? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. You can only have fruit if you got a good root. Come on, someone, you out there. It says, it's not so the wicked. They are like chaff, say chaff, that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Let me just share this with you. There is such a thing. There's actually two judgments in the Bible. One is, uh, uh, one is the Bema seat judgment, which is for believers. I want you to know that when you run your race and you stay in your lane and you're faithful to what God called you to, God will reward you in heaven for believers. That is true. That is a reality. That's awesome. That's awesome. And how many of you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't run for any reward other than just for one day to see my Savior. Because that truly is the greatest reward. But watch this, there's another judgment. Say another judgment. There's the great white throne judgment. And everyone who does not know Christ will face that judgment. Jesus came once as a lamb. He will come again as a lion. Judging the wicked, judging the world. And you know the, beauty, the beautiful thing about the gospel is this. Most people, not even Christians who've been in church for 25 years always get this, but this is a fact. Here's the beauty. God so loved you, child of God, and loved you and loved you and loved you. Watch this. He sent his son to teach us the way, the right way, the highway to happiness and blessedness. Watch this. He died on a cross. And you know why part, partly he died on that cross? He died on the cross to take your judgment and my judgment. The day that you believe or you do believe in Christ Jesus is the day that you are judged. What do you mean? I, I, I would never been judged. I remember a theology teacher said this and it blew my mind away. He said, I, I've already been judged. Michael, you have already been judged. I said, what do you mean? It's not eternity yet. <laughs> I didn't, I'm still only 21 years old. What do you mean? He said, Michael, when you came to belief in Christ Jesus, when the Holy Spirit just softened your heart and made you aware that of, of you needing a Savior, you realized that Jesus, took, he was punished by his own father to take your judgment and to take my judgment. The people that stand at the great white throne judgment, they, there is no justice for them. Say justice. There is no justice for them because they have broken God's standard and Jesus did not take their judgment. Why? Because they have not believed. But for me and for you who have faith in Christ Jesus, our judgment is just. We have just, there is justice. I can have peace with God because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. And I can have newness of life in this life that I live. Why? Because Jesus didn't stay dead. He raised from the dead. Come on, somebody. Jesus didn't stay dead. He raised from the dead. And that is a sign and a symbol that life trumps over death. Come on, somebody, that I can have newness of life, that I don't have to be decay. I don't have to decay through sin. I don't have to live in destruction. I don't have to live with every thought in my mind. And watch this. God wants you to live in the newness and freshness. Say freshness. Freshness of life. God wants you to be planted by the streams like a tree of living water. Somebody say amen. And here's, one, here's some beautiful benefits. Let me read this. There are some great benefits, and I'll close of being on the highway to happiness or blessedness. And by the way, in the Hebrew, this word blessed is actually 
plural. Say plural. It is actually perpetual. In other words, this is a gift that keeps on giving. When you're on the right road, when you have peace with God, and you're on God's highway of happiness, watch this. God will continually bless your life. It is perpetual. It will keep getting better and better and better. But if you're on the highway to misery, watch this. It will only get worse, 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 and worse. You can always make a U-turn. Somebody say amen. Just, it just, watch this. There's some benefits. It just feels good to be on the right path. Number two, when you're on the right path, things just make sense. Watch this. There's clarity and there's peace. Number three, you'll find the right people. And by the way, I didn't even touch that. This whole scripture is about having the right company in your life. I want to challenge you. I know it's hot in here. We'll work on the AC, I promise you, okay? I'm sweating too, okay? I promise you. But watch this. You know, every single Sunday I get up here, and I, I have in mind, yeah, sometimes, I'll be honest, talking about thoughts. Oh, Michael, they ain't going to come back because it's hot. Well, devil, I'm going to do what God told me to do. And I'm not going to worry about AC. Most of the world don't even have AC. Come on, somebody. I want to challenge you to come to church and watch us live in this newness and freshness of life and walk this path. And watch this. You cannot do this thing alone, this thing called faith. You have to do it with community and build camaraderie because watch this community with Christianity. We worship together. And when we're going through the dumps, when one person's down, we pick each other up in the name of Jesus. That's how we see God sometimes is uh, through other people in our life. I want to challenge you to come to church, all right? And look, here's the last benefit, and I'll wrap up. It says, no, verse 6, for the Lord watches, say watches, over the way of the righteous. You know, every step of your life, every single detail, every step of your journey, God understands. He sees it, and he watches. We, around here, we like to say next steps. What is your next step with Christ? Faith is a journey and a marathon. It is a series of steps Maybe, honestly, right now, your next step is to know Jesus. It's to have a right living relationship with Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you've been on your own way. Maybe you've been going your own direction, and you've been feeling misery because of it. It's never too late to make a U-turn. Maybe right now, uh, uh, your next step is to be water baptized. You know, I've been a believer, or I was baptized as a, as a Catholic or an Anglican, but watch it. Jesus was baptized at 30, 30 years old, a grown man. He made that decision. Maybe your next step is joining a life group. Maybe your next step is just joining community. Maybe your next step is coming to church faithfully on every Sunday or tuning in online. What is your next step? I'll let God direct you and your next steps with him. Amen. Let's every, every head, bow, head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com slash give.